This is Radio Energy News. Good afternoon. I'm Isa Reneman. It's 4.30 and you're listening to Radio Energy. In today's news, the Jenners on Princess Street is closing after over a century of business. We'll be speaking to a former employee about the store and about the future of Princess Street without Jenners. In other news, we're focusing on the UN's 60-day campaign about violence against women. We'll talk to a woman who has experienced domestic abuse and a service worker from the Zero Tolerance campaign in Scotland. We'll also be providing an election roundup as well as a constituency profile for the Edinburgh South constituency. Finally, the Grinch is coming to Edinburgh, and we're going to talk about the musical at the end of our program. But for now, we'll return to the Jenners. This is Radio Energy News. The high street giant Jenners has announced plans to leave Princess Street to make way for new shops, cafes, restaurants, and a hotel. Jenners has been a staple of Edinburgh and occupied their iconic building for over 180 years. Our correspondent, Campbell Patterson, has spoken to former Jenner's employee, James Mason, about the new plans and the future of Princess Street. Campbell began by asking Mr. Mason what he thought about the plan for Jenner's to move. I, you know, I've got a fondness for it because I worked there, but I actually, I, I, I did wonder how long they would hold on to that particular spot. You got the feeling that, that Jenner's was very much trying to stay a traditional a traditional store uh, in a kind of maybe in an old-fashioned sense, and you did wonder if, if if they would run out of time at some point. I don't have any objection to to you know new use for the building. It's such a lovely building. Um, I think it'd be great. It'd be a good addition to have perhaps different places to go in in Princess Street and somewhere new, somewhere different to go, a bit of a location. So I don't have a particular problem with it, but I do feel a little bit sad that that Jenner's are leaving uh, Princess Street. So why do you think Jenner's is so important in Edinburgh? I think Jenner's was always seen as our Harrods, wasn't it? It was always Edinburgh's Harrods. It was something to be proud of in that sense. Uh, it was very much a, a, a byword for quality and probably price as well. But, you know, it was a little bit of an event going to Jenner's. And I think people liked that little touch of luxury in the street. Do you think Princess Street's going to be the same with a shopping mall in its place? I think Princess Street's going through a hard time at the moment. When you look at some of the stores that are appearing, I know there was a huge debate. I think it was about a Poundland store. I'm not sure if that was Princess Street recently, but um, certainly there are a lot of tartan shops on Princess Street, and it's losing a little bit of its character. Uh, and I think it is a bit of a shame if we end up with a high street that you could find anywhere or a shopping street that you could find anywhere rather than something that's distinctly... Edinburgh. Do you think the St James Centre reopening has anything to do with Princess Street trying to kind of renovate and change its image the way Jenner's is doing with the new shopping mall? Yeah, I mean, I think it must be quite a... I suppose from a stewardship point of view, it must be really difficult for those that are in charge of Princess Street or, or at least overseeing some of Princess Street. How do you maintain that that kind of world-famous... Um, cachet that you've got for Princess Street and they must worry about how they keep, I suppose, a certain quality and a certain distinctiveness to Edinburgh um, and I think possibly uh, you know, the loss of Jenner's is, is a kind of retrograde step for, for Princess Street. That was James Mason talking about the future of Princess Street after Jenner's plans to move. Moving on, we're taking a look at the campaign to end violence against women. 
November 25th marked the UN's International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women and kicked off a 16-day campaign to end gender-based violence worldwide. Several events are taking place around Edinburgh over the next couple of weeks, including a rally tomorrow afternoon outside Scottish Parliament in Holyrood. We spoke to the rally organiser, Zero Tolerance Scotland, and a victim of domestic abuse. Here's Dana Hall with the story. Zero Tolerance Scotland's Jenny Lester wants people to know gender-based violence is far from over. One in ten women in Scotland have experienced rape, and one in five women have had someone try to force them to have sex against their will. And we know that every year the figures are rising on the amount of people who are reporting to the police, but we also know that the amount of people who report to the police is not actually um, representative of the amount of women who suffer this violence. Zero Tolerance Scotland take a preventative approach for violence against women. The organisation works to influence gender-friendly play in nurseries, speaks to youth workers about consent, and trains the media about how to report on gender violence. Tomorrow's rally is aimed at politicians to encourage them to take action. The purpose of the rally is mainly to put pressure on MSPs to say to them, we're watching what you're doing, this is the 16 days, and this is when we should be talking about violence against women, so we want you to turn up and we want you to be talking not just about the people who this violence affects, but how we can prevent this happening to any other women ever again. The effects of domestic violence can last a lifetime for both victims and for children who may have been involved. I spoke to a survivor of domestic violence who has been kept anonymous for this interview. She says she can still see the effects in herself and in her children even years after leaving their abusive past. It affects me psychologically, I would say, and it affects my children. Since they started to grow up, um, they've started to have anxiety issues and things like that which they cannot place where they come from. Our interviewee says she experienced both physical and mental abuse from her partner. After a few years, I started to believe everything he was saying. You know, I was like a totally brainwashed. Everything what he did didn't work out was somehow my fault because I was thinking negatively. I was really, really intensive and hard, hard times in my life. Our interviewee left everything behind to start a new life but it would still be years before she felt safe. I had to move, I had to change my job. And by that that time I had a job, I had to um, move to a place where he wouldn't know where I am and he threatened to kidnap the children. I put my life back together, but um, I was so scared. I was scared every day for myself or, and for my children. Anyone wishing to seek help for domestic abuse can call the Domestic Abuse Hotline at 0800-027-1234. Zero Tolerance Scotland's It's Time for Prevention rally takes place tomorrow at 4.30 outside Scottish Parliament. Reporting from Edinburgh, I'm Dana Hall. Next, we have a reminder about voting registration. Anyone who wants to vote in the general election on December 12th has until midnight to register, but those who plan to vote by post will have until 5 p.m. today to complete registration. Following on from this, we're moving into our election roundup. Boris Johnson launched the Conservatives' Scottish Manifesto earlier this afternoon in Dunfermline and West Fife. He claims it would cost more than £150 million and take at least nine months to hold referendums on Brexit and Scottish independence next year. 
let's go carbon neutral by 2050 and Corbyn neutral by Christmas. Do we want another referendum? No. Do we, that's why this manifesto is so aptly named. We don't want another referendum on Scotland. We don't. The Scottish First Minister and SNP leader Nicola Sturgeon wants a new referendum on independence to be held in 2020. She said an independent Scotland could rejoin the EU on a relatively quick timescale during a special interview with Andrew Neil at BBC. Jeremy Corbyn will also be interviewed tonight at 7pm. Former Conservative Deputy Prime Minister uh, Lord Heseltine has urged Tory voters to back Lib Dem or independent candidates in the next month's poll. He said Boris Johnson's Brexit policy would be utterly disastrous for the country. He said that the PM's get Brexit done by January slogan was nonsense and there was still a risk of a no-deal exit. According to a Resolution Foundation report, child poverty will rise under conservative plans. The think tank said the party's manifesto does not propose changes to existing benefit policy and, as a result, relative child poverty could reach a 60-year high of 34% by 2023 or 2024. This concludes our election roundup. For today's constituency overview leading up to the general election, we will take a look at Edinburgh South. Our reporter talked to the Scottish Green and SNP candidates in the area to get their views on the political state of the constituency and their own campaigns. Our correspondent Virginie Inserto reports. With the general election coming up and a general state of political excitement, today we are bringing you another episode of our overview of Edinburgh's constituencies and MP candidates. This week we are focusing on Edinburgh South, a largely residential and student-saturated area in the neighbourhoods near the city centre, but still one of Edinburgh's largest constituencies. A part of the constituency has attracted attention with the community-based raising of political awareness about Brexit and climate change, according to the Labour candidate Ian Murray and the Scottish Green candidate Kate Nevins. The Labour candidate Ian Murray gave his views on the constituency and the political awareness of its residents. Well, I'm running for re-election for three reasons. One is to try and stop Brexit and to try and get that people's vote with the option to remain so the public can have their final say. I'm standing on my local record. We've worked very hard around here. I don't think there'll be anybody in this constituency who doesn't know somebody at some point that I have helped in the past uh, and that strong local record of being a local MP. Uh, and the third thing is to try and stop this constitutional merry-go-round, both with Brexit and with Scottish independence. It's paralysing our politics at the neglect of our public services, like the things that people, ordinary people care about, health, education, our schools, our hospitals, our roads, our eco economy, our jobs, the future for young people. Those kinds of things are being neglected and we have to try and find a way of getting off this roundabout. The Scottish Green candidate Kate Nevins, involved in the climate change, shares about people from Edinburgh South's engagement in politics and matters about environment. I've quite a lot of time over the last couple of weeks speaking to people on the doorstep in Morningside, in Brunfield, in Marchmont. Uh, people are really engaged, not just on the constitutional crisis that the country is facing at the moment around Brexit, but really engaged on matters around the environment. 
So the reason why we're running as the Scottish Greens um, is to try and draw attention to the climate emergency. Um, So I think the main thing that we're bringing as a party to the general election is the messaging around the climate crisis. Uh, And what we're looking to do is to engage with people and get residents, but also the larger political parties and the next government to demand climate action. 40-year-old Anna, working in a gift shop in the constituency, gave us her opinion about Ian Murray. I do think he's a good guy. I'm, I'm going to vote for him. 25-year-old Matthew, working in an ice cream shop, also gives his opinion about the constituency, Caden events and the environment. The neighbourhood's pretty good. It's, it's not too bad. I kind of support, you know, I'm good with nature and I kind of like that type of stuff. So yeah, um, anything to kind of help save the planet. That concludes our constituency report. We will now be looking at some of the other major news stories of the day. Firstly, Chief Rabbi Ephraim Mervis has hit out at the Labour Party, claiming that they are not doing enough to drive out anti-Semitism. The rabbi suggested Jeremy Corbyn's failure to tackle the issue made him unfit for high office. However, Corbyn insists anti-Jewish prejudice would not be tolerated in any form under a future Labour government. It's day two of an eight-day strike affecting 12 universities across Scotland. Members of the university and college union are disputing pay, working conditions, and pensions. As well as eight strike days, union members will begin further industrial action when they return to work, such as refusing to cover absences, working strictly to contract, and refusing to reschedule lectures lost to uh, strike action. There are occupations of lecture halls in support by students across the UK, including David Hume Tower at Edinburgh University. Here's what one Edinburgh University lecturer had to say. Nurses, doctors, teachers always have a ready for the right strike because we want to teach. We love education. That's why we're here. Researchers, professional staff, we want to do our jobs. And when it comes to the kind of breaking point where people are falling ill because of workloads, you just have to do something. Over 100 youngsters are absent at Edinburgh's Gaelic Primary School in Bonington Road after being affected by a winter bug. The bug has led to a large amount of absences at at least four other schools across the capital. The body of missing British backpacker backpacker Aslan King has been found in the Australian bush. Aslan, 25, from Brighton, was last seen at a campsite on Saturday. Friends say he hit his head on the ground before getting up quickly and rushing into thick bushland surrounding the campsite. Sergeant Danny Brown from the Victoria State Police says the discovery was made in a creek. They've located uh, Mr King about a kilometre and a half from where he's gone missing. He's been formally identified by um, some of his travelling partners. A 6.4 magnitude earthquake has hit Albania, killing at least 14 people and injuring hundreds more. Hours later, a magnitude 5.2 quake shook parts of southern Bosnia. However, There have been no reports of injuries so far. And lastly, the Grinch is coming to Scotland to steal Christmas in 2019. How the Grinch Stole Christmas the Musical arrives at Edinburgh's Festival Theatre tonight. The musical has already had Broadway success in the United States and the story has crossed over the pond to entertain UK audiences for the festive period. Ahead of opening night in Edinburgh, our entertainment correspondent Sophie entered the world of Whoville to find out more. You're a mean one. 
Mr. Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas the Musical arrives in Edinburgh for one week only to tell the story of the infamous green character who hates Christmas. Charles Evans, the company manager for Simon Friend Entertainment, the producers of the musical, explains how the show is based on the extraordinary book by Dr. Seuss. On our stage, you'll see these same fanciful sketches turned into sets and these fanciful costumes with people, men with very long, thin bodies, with huge bottoms, some funny tummies sticking out. Charles described the show as a feel-good musical that will have audiences singing along. The music, it's a mixture of Christmas carols, fantasy little happy tunes, things like that, apart from probably the one black song of why we hate the Grinch. It's just delightful and you can sing along to the music even though you don't know it is so catchy. Charles offered some unusual advice to adults who are going to watch the show. It's for all ages but really I would challenge adults and say bring a child with them because watching it through young eyes is what something like this is about. Here's what some audiences had to say about the festive musical. It's a real feel-good family atmosphere. It kind of like gets you in the mood for Christmas. Don't be a Grinch. Don't be a Grinch. And with that, we'll move on to the weather and traffic report. Right now, it's rainy, but warm, with a temperature of around 9 degrees. We're expecting more rain throughout the evening, with a small chance that the rain will persist until tomorrow. Thursday and Friday will bring warmer temperatures of up to 6 degrees, with more sunshine in the forecast as well. The weekend is expected to be cloudy, but dry. Last of all, our traffic report. The breakdown of lane 3 on the westbound M8 has been cleared. There will also there's also been a breakdown on the southbound A9 near Loch Fascali, and all lanes are currently restricted. Traffic on the southbound A9 is also sluggish on approach to Pitlochry, and drivers are advised to plan in extra time if they will be using this route. That's all for now. Thank you very much for listening. This is Radio Energy, Edinburgh Napier Radio Group. Talk, tunes, tales and talent from Edinburgh to you.